0: no there's another squad attacking welcome to the third party an apex legends podcast hosted by myself shay and joined as always by my co-host henry henry how's it going today
1: today is a wonderful day shay i've been looking forward to this episode for Nearly a year, and it's finally come.
0: (laughs) Today we are having a fun one. We're paying tribute to the G7 Scout, to the H7 Scout, as some may deem it. Uh, So this episode will be all up Henry's alley. Been looking forward to it for a while, as we said, and it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Before we get into it, though, make sure if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at KirkGridoshay and at HB Links to the Twitters and the Discord are in the description, as
1: always. If you want to support the show and get access to episodes ad-free and early with behind-the-scenes pre-shows, consider joining our Patreon. We've had a lot of success over there, with giving a ton of benefits to our supporters, and it grows every single month. So if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely go give it a look.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a fun one. Let's get into it. Go right into it because I mean, who knows how long you could end up talking about the G7 if we just uh, let you get loose. And so uh, I'll try and keep you somewhat on target. But man, oh man, it was probably the saddest we've ever been when the gun was put in the care package. Like Henry said, it's been a year of us wanting to do this episode because can't, you don't really, we don't get to do many deep dive analysis and recommendations for care package weapons because you don't really get to control if you get to use them each game. So no. G7 being back on the ground, the opportunities opened. We're both excited. I'll let you kind of take it away and give a little ode to the G7. <laughs> yeah,
1: a bit of history, a little bit of an intro. Um, the G7 has been on a journey. Uh, originally launching into Apex at release as a light, sniper oddly enough and this means that back in the day you could throw a 4x8 scope on this weapon super crazy unlike anything else in the class then and today it was certainly an outlier the G7 then switched into the assault rifle class as still having a uh, that kind of outlier role because it's not fully automatic doesn't really have burst but it was in the AR class Taking light ammo still, but still maintaining a lot of the sniper class statistics in terms of the mobility and the handling metrics. Then in season nine, the G7 defined the marksman class alongside the recently added Bosec bow and the 3030 repeater. It took until season 10, though, for the G7 to switch from using standard stocks to sniper stocks. So, kind of a, a weird attachment switch. But then the worst happened, uh, as we've been talking about a lot. Shea started off with the G7 was thrown to the care package in season eleven. Now the G7 has never been a popular weapon. It has been, you know, a favorable weapon in competitive mm-hmm. or pro play, just because of how it handles, how it's going to be used at range when you're kind of fighting on the edge, trying to conserve shields. It works really well in that arena but popularity across the player base has always been low. It's also never been considered overpowered, like we haven't seen substantial nerfs to this weapon. The rationale for the scout being packed has never been explained, and in my opinion, is the single most outrageous thing ever to be done in Apex Legends. It was wrong, (laughs) it was not good for the game, and although it may have given more attention to the thirty thirty. And the bow, I don't think it really achieved that in a useful way. But now, focusing on today, three seasons later, the scout is back on the ground in its rightful place. And we're going to answer, why is it so good? And how can you utilize this weapon into your playstyle? Because I think a lot of people ignore this weapon thinking that it doesn't work with my legend or how I like to play. We're hoping to change your mind. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting. The the journey the G7 has been on because it, it we talk so much about how pros and content creators, like these really high players, impact the game. And I remember right before the gun getting packed, seeing Nicewig like talk about how busted the gun is. Like, and the pros had always used it because, like you said, packs a lot of punch and the ammo conservation of using a single fire weapon like the G7 is huge in pro play. And so it's just so funny that it was this always really popular comp gun. Content creators thought it was really good for a while and it never trickled down like so many other things do uh, from those opinions, which is, I think is so odd uh, that this is kind of like one of the few kind of points that maybe never made its way. And we always talk about like, why is that? And I don't think we can really give a definitive answer because it's not like it's a hey this is a really difficult weapon to use and so it doesn't you know float down well to the casual player that much i don't want i think it'd be a tough excuse to say marksmen's aren't fun because other marksmen's are fun too and it's like getting kills is fun which is what this gun does so i'm not sure what it is that has rubbed the community the wrong way I know that the third-party nation, though, is behind the G7. It only took two years of podcasting for us to get maybe 20, 30 people uh, consistently using the G7. Uh, to this day, I still we still get the occasional person that says the G7 is not too good in the uh, Discord. And then I know a response is incoming very shortly from Henry uh, diving into the philosophical argument of G7.
1: <laughs> I try. I try to defend the Scout. But I think you brought up a good point, like why is the g seven overlooked? I think number one, it's in that weird place of being semi automatic being a marksman, but the triple take has had huge spurts of popularity, yeah. and I think the thirty thirty is something that people want to use like they they think it's interesting with the charge uh, kind of Charge and being able to reload one round at a time for kind of quick reactions. Um, And then having, you know, the various hop ups that it's have have given it good publicity. Mm -hmm. But I think the number one reason the G7 has never really come to the top of discussions is it's semi automatic. It competes with other marksmen and snipers, but it doesn't pack the same punch Mm -hmm. in terms of like a, a big headshot. And so I think it's just overlooked for that reason. Mm-hmm. And when people do use it, they probably struggle with the iron sights yeah. and throw it away, and they don't feel like it's it's helping them out because they're just hard scoping. They hit one headshot, not yeah. seeing you know triple digits and uh, being disappointed. But despite that, I think if you give it some time, you look at these other numbers that we're going to go through. It's powerful yeah. and uh, overlooked wrongly
0: yeah I think that's fair and I think the only other thing I'll throw in there on maybe why it's on the maybe negative side of perception as you mentioned like the 30-30 getting hop-ups bringing attention to it I think that double tap is kind of one of the few hop-ups that's perceived as you put it on the g7 and it almost makes it harder to use sometimes and there's a like a strong amount of people that don't like using double tap with the g7 which Maybe that negative connotation as well with this thing that's supposed to upgrade the gun not always doing so for people uh, hurts its public perception. So We're getting real philosophical with the G7, though. We can take it over, get into the breakdown, walk people through why this gun is so dang good by the numbers.
1: Yeah, the important stuff. So first things first, body damage is going to start at 34. Magazine size is going to start at 10, go all the way up to 20 so doubling your magazine capacity at the top end. And then the reload is a tactical reload of under 2 seconds at 1.94, and a full reload of 2.43. Now, time to kill against a normal enemy with purple armor, hitting only body shots is going to be 1.47 seconds, so less than a second and a half. Very, very competitive against snipers and marksmen alike. We're going to do some head-to-head comparisons, but. Just know that's a that's a pretty dang low number mm-hmm. uh for a weapon like this. The accuracy required to knock somebody with purple armor only hitting body shots is gonna be six out of twenty shots if you have a purple mag. That's only thirty mm-hmm. percent That figure on its own is incredible. like the magazine size coupled with uh, how many shots you need to hit is pretty far and away one of the best guns in the game in terms of ease of use. Mm -hmm. Um, Can't really say that enough, but we're going to try on this episode.
0: It'll be a common thread. This is a very forgiving weapon. It's one of the reasons it's our favorite. I think from the accuracy numbers, the rate of fire, all the way to the bullet drop being pretty forgiving as well. It definitely has a bit of the drop at range, but where you use it most in that medium range, I think this is a very dang effective gun with... You know, some of the other guns, when you start to stretch out the range, you start to lose a little bit. Uh, the G7 doesn't seem to fall into that category. Keep it rolling though, because I want to get to the best attachment in the game here, which is still one of my favorite, uh, you know, podcast discoveries I think since the beginning of time. Because
1: uh, stuff happens
0: uh, in the attachment it, category for it's the G7. Pretty <laughs> thrilling.
1: If you enjoy the numbers and you kind of enjoy prioritizing what attachment. Uh, you know, is most valuable Mm -hmm. on which weapon in your loadout. The G7 is probably the single best case for that. Um, It's definitely something to store away, tell your friends about, or not, up to you. (laughs) Um, But going through just the attachments of the G7, top to bottom, it has barrel stabilizer. That's a major plus, Mm -hmm. you know. Other marksmen don't have that. And when you talk about bullet drop, accuracy... Having one matters, it significantly increases your chance of hitting your shots. You also have flexible optics, which is maybe not super interesting to most people, but being able to have a one times, one by two, two times, three times, two by four, and be pretty confident with any of those on this weapon, I think make it really, really easy to use. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you would say the same about. A triple take you know do you want to have a one times on the triple take is that going to give you the confidence you're going to have more confidence with the g7 in my opinion so yes it may need an optic um, but anything that you're going to be using at range probably is going to require one i'm confident with anything mm-hmm. on the g7 and a lot of people will lean towards three times maybe the two by four. I my favorite's probably going to be between the Bruiser, the two times, and the three times. But really, anything on the G7 is going to hit. Yeah,
0: I'm in the. Uh, I just run whatever two to three or two by four. I'll run any of those mm-hmm. three on this gun to the point of like if someone else wants a different optic, I'll drop and switch. I always do with the G7 because like you're saying, it's so flexible. Um, come down to one, I'll go three X personally. But it truly isn't a make or break for me on anything. But I think you're you're definitely right in saying it's flexible because it takes them all, but it is probably one of the one of the guns more than any others that really needs the optics uh the most. Not yeah. very forgiving iron sights, and there's not a skin either that makes the iron sights more forgiving than any others, unfortunately. Cause man, I know Henry would spend some money on that potentially.
1: <laughs> yeah, If it was pay to play, I definitely uh would try to win mm. so the optics, I think, is a pretty good check mark for the G7. Um, but the next is the double tap, and you had kind of uh, hinted to its value. Um, I think you can be confident with the G7 with or without the double tap, and why that's kind of an important thing to say is you don't need it, but it's fine to happen mm-hmm. when the double tap. First came into the game, I wasn't really a huge fan of it because I like to time my shots and be able to track targets. And when you have that burst, if you're at range and somebody is running horizontally, it could be kind of hard to maximize the double tap, um, especially if you're aiming for heads. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the flip side of that, if you're aiming for the body and you have something that is a burst, definitely a double tap. Your chance for hitting headshots is going to go through the roof. So I'm kind of getting more used to using the double tap, especially this season now that it's back. Um, and the other nice thing is that with the double tap, it just increases the capacity for the GSO to be used as a close range hip fire emergency option, mm-hmm. which, you know. We've talked about in the past the triple take is kind of considered to be that shotgun sniper marksman. But the G7's rate of fire and ability to have the double tap, I would maybe put it ahead of the triple take just in terms of consistency and magazine size, which we'll get into as well. Uh,
0: Double tap, I think the only thing that's tough about it is it limits your range for me. You start to waste bullets once you start to use the G7 at longer range. and So if you're running with this gun, and you feel confident with it at medium range, you're gonna do some serious damage. Just recognizing when to and when to not have it on is a skill in itself that you know if you use the gun as much as we would like people to, uh, you'll eventually kind of get down to a science
1: <laughs> totally. but now the most important uh attachment slot for the g seven the extended mag now. The single best attachment in Apex Legends is the common extended mag on the G7 Scout. And it's a crazy thing to say (laughs) because I know a lot of people say, oh, turbocharger is pretty good. Maybe some crazy people would say the skull piercer. But no, it's pretty incredible how much just this very common light mag can have such a massive impact on how effective the G7 can be early game all the way into the late game. Mm -hmm. Um, The G7 has stats. You know, If we look back to those numbers that rival the greatest weapons in the game, like the R301. But the extended mag is what makes the difference. And it's what makes me want to choose the G7 over some of these really, really powerful weapons. If we look at the comparison between the Scout and the R301, the mag scene now, without any extended mag, the G7 has 10, the R301 has 18. If you put an extended mag, the G7 jumps from 10 to 15, increase of 50%, and that is going to decrease your accuracy by 17% against common armor. So, you only have to hit 33% of your shots in the early game if you have just this common light mag, time to kill, it's going to be 1.1 seconds. Really, really strong. But, you compare it to the R301, and you really highlight just how incredible this is, relative. R301, no mags at 18. Common mag goes up to 20. Only an increase by 2 bullets, or 11%. So, 50% increase in you know ammo capacity versus 11% increase. And then it only decreases the accuracy against common armored enemies by 6%. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a common mag on the R301. You have to hit 55% of your shots. You have a common mag on the G7. You only have to hit 33% of your shots against common armored enemies. Very, very important thing to highlight is that you should prioritize the G7 not only because its numbers compete with the best, it could be used in a variety of situations, but in terms of attachment necessity, it rates incredibly low, and you can be confident going to the end game even with just a common-kitted G7, which you can't say that about very many weapons today. Yeah, it's really incredible. It's one of those few weapons that The value
0: of the mag as it increases decreases for the gun, which might be kind of confusing, but you go, you know, five bullets added, then three bullets added, then two bullets added. And it's like, obviously, you still take a purple mag on it if you find it, but the fact that one, you don't need it, and two, it does have that descending order is very unique uh, in the game. Like, if they ever said, hey, we really think the G7 is like too powerful, that's kind of what I would nerf. Like, if anything, like you go from 10 to 12 instead of 10 to 15. That's a big difference in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And so it's definitely a very good weapon. And we'll keep comparing it to some others. But before we do, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. What's some of the other competition we're going to put the G7 up against and uh, see how it compares today?
1: So the Marksman class, you got the G7, thirty repeater, and the triple R.I.P. Bow. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's really unfortunate. Um, we can't. We can't I, complain. We, both, we
0: called for it to go to the pack, but it's still sad. We, did. <laughs> we
1: we called for it for the longest time. I love not finding arrows on the mm-hmm. map. Um, I'm a big fan of the bow, but I'm also glad it's not in this comparison because it is so, so <laughs> difficult to compare mm-hmm. any other weapon to the bow because it just doesn't act like anything else in the yeah. game. So. For simplicity's sake, happy the Bosec is gone, uh, but I do miss Mm -hmm. it a little bit. I'll take the G7 as a replacement. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Now, a lot of numbers to compare across all three of these marksmen. The first thing to highlight is the body damage. The G7 is going to be the lowest here at 34 to the body. Triple take, if you hit all three, and really that's going to require you. Choking it up or charging up the shot, you can get 63 maximum. The 3030 is also going to be kind of an odd one to compare because without charging it up, it's going to be 42 to the body. With charging it up, it's going to go all the way to 57. So, you know, regardless, either you can say the G7 is at the bottom or the G7 is in the middle if you're not choking up the triple take. kind of maybe the bottom of the middle of the pack if you want to give it the most favorable rating uh, out of the marksman's but again just like we just compared uh, against the r301 the magazine size is one of the key areas that the g7 shines you start at 10 again you go all the way up to 20 you double the magazine uh, size when you have a purple aesthetic mana on it now the 3030 also doubles it goes from six. But it only goes up to 12. So you're increasing by two. This is very much standard. And I think, Shay, you pointed out a pretty wise perspective that if they were to nerf the G7, they would hit the magazine. Well, the 3030 came out much later mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and has a very logical progression <laughs> in terms of its magazine. Like you definitely can tell that one was made, you know with a little bit more thought Mm -hmm. in mind, perhaps, or just knowledge about how Apex works, because the magazine on the G7 is definitely cranked up to the max. (laughs) The triple take, for a lot of people, is a pretty confusing weapon to look at the magazine, because every shot takes three rounds, so it could be kind of weird to pick it up and have 18 rounds, but really it's only six shots. So if we think about how many times you can shoot the weapon? You're gonna go from six all the way up to nine. That's not very competitive against the other marksmen, especially we consider that it's consuming three times the ammo uh, as the G7 or the 3030. So definitely come in at last place. Mm-hmm. Now, the reload is another difficult one to compare, specifically between the 3030. Um, you're looking at a tactical reload on the g7 of 1.94 that's easily comparable to the triple take which is over two seconds at 2.11 kind of edging it out Mm -hmm. there the g7 takes the win also taking the win on the full reload at less than two and a half seconds 2.43 versus 2.75 on the triple take now the repeater obviously doesn't have the same sort of tactical reload every single round is loaded independently, and it takes about a quarter of a second, or exactly 0.26 seconds in order to rechamber one round. There's a lot of benefits to that. You know, you fire off all your rounds, you have to reload two really quickly in order to do some more damage. You're going to be able to do that in 25% of the time than the G7 will be able to reload just one round. Um, the downside to that is when you completely empty your uh magazine on the 3030 you have to do a full reload of 3.12 seconds to get all 12 rounds back in the weapon so for that reason you know this is a case by case but if i were to choose one marksman just based off of how it's like reload works mm-hmm. i'm probably going to go with the G7 because it has a very competitive tactical reload against other ARs, you know, the R three oh one takes two point one six seconds to do a tactical reload, G7's under two. Um, but the 3030 from time to time is gonna edge it out. But you're probably gonna save more time and you're gonna be more competitive up close with the G7, despite that. It is cool
0: to see how unique each weapon is, though, between each other. Like they're all in the same class, but they have so many different characteristics to them. The reload kind of being the big one where like the triple takes odd takes three bullets to reload mm-hmm. for, or it takes three shots each. 30-30, obviously the individual shell. And then the G7 is just almost like the straight up one. Like, makes sense. Forward thinking, like simple, not overly complicated and really freaking good at what it does, which makes it a, a pretty good winner. But it is cool to see like these guns Having I guess different reasons to maybe be played by different people uh from like you already mentioned the charge up on the body to this reloads difference as well it's really odd, but cool, I think
1: <laughs> yeah, it is It's nice to have a diversity in kind of how weapons work, not just you know their damage profile, but talking about damage, you know, we started by saying body damage g seven is the lowest, but When we look at the time to kill, the G7, I think, would surprise a lot of people. Triple take, you know, was in the care package, came out, really powerful weapon, hits hard. But even against common armor, this is going to take just under two seconds to knock an enemy based off its rate of fire and damage combined. The G7, on the other hand, is laying down a time to kill of 1.1 seconds against common. And less than a second and a half against purple the 3030 is quick to react on the reload, uh, being able to get you know extra shots off faster than any other marksman, but in terms of time to kill, much slower over two seconds on the purple time to kill in the late game situation, and then 1.55 seconds against common armor. So in terms of being able to knock enemies the fastest, It really is no competition. The G7 is the quickest. And I think that's something of note because a lot of people would look at it and say, all right, it's really fast on the reload. It has a high magazine. There's no way it's going to actually be doing more damage per second than other marksmen's because it's so low on the damage. But all the metrics work out so that it actually does. And I think that's a huge point to highlight for such a unpopular weapon. Well, Henry, if it has the fastest time to kill,
0: it must have really tough accuracy numbers in comparison to these other Marksmans.
1: It does not, Jay. <laughs> so just like we were comparing the R301 to the G7, we kind of highlighted how forgiving it was. That continues throughout the Marksmans. Against purpled armored enemies with a purple mag, you only have to hit 6 out of 20 shots with the scout. Or just 30% accuracy, do the same thing with a 3030. It's 42% accuracy. Triple take, 44% accuracy. So it's so much easier in terms of how many shots you have to hit out of your magazine. But then when we talk about the rate of fire, G7 is absolutely insane. You're able to fire four rounds per second. Mm-hmm. Compare that to the 3030 that fires 2.3. Rounds a second, so G7 is going to be able to put out almost twice as many shots downrange and have a magazine that's almost twice as big. The triple take is only going to be able to fire 1.2 rounds per second. So it's just kind of insane when you do put these weapons head to head, how far and above the G7 is able to perform in terms of its forgiveness, in terms of how fast it's going to be knock enemies, but also how many chances you get to actually do some damage. Mm-hmm. You know, you're know, you talking about having more shots and being able to fire them twice, if not almost four times as fast mm-hmm. as other marksons. It's insane. And you don't have to charge it up. You have nothing holding you back. This is a fast, fast marksman rifle that packs a serious punch in comparison. Yeah,
0: and there's times when we have comparisons like this where we say, like, you know, the rate of fire is so fast compared to the other weapons in this class. That's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing because some people, you know, like you know, one punch. Like I want to shoot less shots. I want to hit you know a lower percentage of shots. I want to do the big damage up front. And it's like that's normally a cool comparison because then you get to say, yeah, you kind of get to choose based on your play style. But when the G7 clears in every other category as well, it's like, well, this really good benefit just builds into the rest of the kit so so well from mag size to TTK to everything. And so it just kind of snowballs. And this is what we, when we look at numbers like this, we can obviously see, you know, a meta weapon in a class per se. And I do think they did a great job with 30-30 and triple takes still having reasons to be played, you know, from hop-ups to kind of unique styles factors. But the G7 is kind of a cut above the rest in our opinion. I guess the, the question we should probably also answer while looking at these marksman classes One, because we use these weapons a lot when we play, Uh, but I I don't know if we're unique in that. It's definitely kind of leans into more our play style, but talk to the audience about why go with a marksman? Why are we talking about these guns? Why is G7 so good? So why go with the class
1: generally? It's a good question, especially if over the last almost a year... You haven't used the thirty mm-hmm. thirty. You haven't used the triple take. Why now are you going to pick up a semi-automatic marksman like the G seven? Even if it's the best in the class, does it work with your play style? Well, Apex is pretty unique as a battle royale in how much medium range is prioritized. You don't have uh, as powerful of snipers, and you have so much shields that close range engagements are much longer. Than other battle royales. So, where you're kind of in the most even footing is in the medium range where you have the chance to use abilities to create space and heal because the time to kill is so long. Medium range is where the highest competition is going to be. And marksmen do really, really well at competing at medium range effectively. A lot of people, I think, assume that the G7 is going to be closer to maybe the longbow than it is with an AR. But the fact is it still has a high damage per shot, but given the optics that you're going to put on it, it's probably better closer to an AR than it is a sniper. And I think the biggest reason that snipers are overlooked in apex is, so what if you do hundred damage from 200 meters away? Means mm-hmm. nothing, you know, good for you. Your Evo shield is leveling up, but you're not gonna get any limbs. Uh, so, I think people assume marksmen are like that and then stray away from them. But the truth is, they're a lot more effective in medium range, like ARs, high damage per shot without sacrificing too much mobility, reload speed, and time to kill against other burst or fully automatic weapons so there's a huge incentive to use specifically the g7 in Apex. and
0: i think it's funny that we've kind of come to the assumption i think a lot of the player bases come to the assumption that the marksman compares to the snipers and more closely which as you kind of outlined isn't how it should be thought about but that's not really how it's looked at in a lot of other shooters like Playing some Call of Duty recently, you don't compare the marksman rifles in Call of Duty to the sniper rifles in Call of Duty. Uh, And so I do think it is kind of a more holistic gaming perspective we need to take on this one and saying these marksmans are meant to bridge the gap between ARs and snipers. The G7 does so more effectively than any of the others, and there's good reason to use a weapon in that category. Who does it fit, though? What kind of player should use a marksman? All the good reasons why, to, but is it for everyone? Is kind of the question.
1: Yeah, I think the G7 is my favorite weapon in the game. And to self deprecate myself a little <laughs> bit, the people that should use the marksman are people that have inferior movement to Timmy. Like, if you're not absolutely insane in terms of movement, having a marksman is probably really good mm-hmm. for you because it allows you to be more stationary, it allows you to probably do more damage than if you were trying to compete uh, against high mobility, high rate of fire weapons. Like that, if you're consistently whiffing all or most of a mag on an SMG or an AR, G7 is again going to be really, really good, because it's going to force you to get out of that spray and pray, high mobility, high risk, high reward, and give you a much more consistent pace of Fire that rewards you for taking your time, to hit those shots and not rewarding you based off of how much you can jump and strafe and do crazy stuff while hip firing. G7 is definitely going to be your guy. Most
0: people aren't in that crazy cracked out movement category. That's for sure. I wish we were there. So the answer (laughs) is,
1: yeah, most people are going to benefit from using the G7 or a marksman. Specifically, if you like the idea of doing high damage while also pushing an enemy, you know, it can be really nice to use a weapon like the Wingman, which does this really effectively, or a sniper, like a amped up sentinel, do that high damage. But you know, you have a sniper, their rate of fire is so slow, their reload is so slow, their movement stat stats are so limited, that holds you back from pushing yeah. or rushing that big damage with that first knock. If you have a G7, you're able to Reload faster, move around faster, Mm -hmm. ADS faster, that just kind of incentivizes you to do over 100 damage or get the first knock and then close the gap way faster than a sniper. So you get a lot of the benefit while firing faster, reload faster, Mm -hmm. moving Mm -hmm. faster, and that actually allows you to capitalize on that damage by getting the limbs and winning the fight. Yeah, you're
0: you're not cross-mapping people like you would with a charge rifle,
1: but... When, when does that truly,
0: you know, matter uh, all the time, especially yeah. when you're not playing, you know, the 18 teams left in ring four, everyone's trying to get one knock kind of thing and get any damage in as easily as possible. I think the overall fact is that the marksman rifles fit most players. Most people will benefit from working this into their gameplay. Uh, and we talk about marksman rifles in relation to legends as well. A lot of times, you know, your support legends, your anchor legends, your non-mobility legends, truly benefiting from them as well. So, take a second, think about what kind of play you are, and maybe look at giving this a try. What if I told you, hey Henry, I'm a marksman rifle player now. I'm so freaking good at the game, though. I hit so many headshots. How how should this kind of affect my comparison of which gun I use? Does it make a difference? Should we care? I'm really good though. You got to remember that. And in this comparison, I hit headshots like all the time.
1: (laughs) I know that. I respect your abilities. I think we very rarely talk about headshots when we look at weapons just because it is so Mm -hmm. rare. You want to be hitting body shots. It's more likely you're going to be hitting body shots. So you don't really like to choose a weapon based off its headshot potential, unless maybe you're talking about the Kraber, but uh, that isn't what it used to be. So. First things first, important reminder, how impactful a Purple Helmet is to how great a headshot Mm -hmm. might be. A Purple Helmet absorbs 65% of the extra headshot damage. This is very, very complicated. I'm not sure if all shooters have such a complicated (laughs) way of integrating... like multipliers on headshots from the body damage and then having armor or helmets decrease that at a variable rate and then having rarity it's pretty convoluted but it's important to know what the actual number is going to be for headshots with purple helmets because it's not as epic as you might think in the marksman class we'll start at the top so the triple take if you have a Fully choked up shot, you hit all three in the head. Very hard to do. Against somebody with purple, with a purple helmet, you're gonna do 80 damage. That's good. Like that's that's a solid amount. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a hundred. It's, it's not over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to remind yourself that if you hit that in the body, it would do 63. Mm-hmm. So the difference between 63 and 80 is just not very much. Now, where it does count is how would this impact your impact on your shots to knock? And with the triple take, if you hit one headshot, that would decrease how many follow-up shots fully charged you would have to hit to the body in order to knock them by one. So you'd have to hit two more shots or three shots in total to secure the knock against a purple armored enemy. Now, the 30-30. Just we're going to give it every single benefit <laughs> as possible. We're going to assume it's fully charged. We're going to assume it has a skull piercer. Against a purple helmet, it's going to do 79 damage. Just about the same as the triple take. Don't but trust those it's still streamers require, on TikTok. No, you can't trust everything <laughs> you see out there. The other thing that this is going to do is it's going to decrease your shots to knock by one, just like the triple take, but it's still going to require four shots because it's just under and this is considering it's all charged up, so both of these you're going to have to be aiming, waiting, which could allow the enemy to use an ability, get behind cover, you know, double time it, whatever, throwing you off. So we're trying to make the headshot as big as possible, but it comes with some major downsides in terms of gameplay. G7, last but not least, against Purple Helmet, it's going to have a headshot damage of 43. Compared to 34, you just flip those digits around, and there's your purple headshot damage. This has no impact on the shots to knock. So it's still gonna require six, but that kind of stability I think is pretty good because it means you shouldn't be waiting. You should never be, you know, hard scoping with the G7, lining up that headshot perfectly, because in reality, it doesn't matter. You need to get all 20 shots down range as fast as possible because it's going to be really rewarding. You only have to hit 30%, so shoot more, aim less with the G7. Quickly looking at just how quick or how many options you can have with the G7 because of its rate of fire. Say you have 5 seconds. Most gunfights are about 5 to 10 seconds anyways. If you have 5 seconds of consistently firing the G7, you're going to do all 20 rounds, so the maximum amount in a magazine. If you have five seconds with the 30-30, you're going to shoot 11 and a half uncharged shots, like minimum you could do, or the maximum shots you could do in five seconds. In five seconds of the triple take, if you don't choke any of the shots, you can do six in five seconds. So you know, comparing six to 20, 11 to 20, again, a lot more potential damage. With the G7. Now, in conclusion, why is the G7 the greatest? Because this is what you tell your friends, this is what you write down, put above your bed to remember. It's got the fastest time to kill and rate of fire with the largest magazine. That means you put more damage on target faster and get faster knocks. Number two, Easiest to use with all available optics. It's massively consistent. No charging, nothing fancy. It just hits. And finally, number three, you have so many more shots, making it the highest damage long-range option against the team. If you have almost double the magazine requirement or capacity, you can hit multiple teams or multiple enemies in a single magazine. It's very, very difficult to do that with any other marksman because you just have less shots.
0: It's a really dang good weapon overall. It has so many pros going for it, and I think even more so than that, it doesn't really have any downsides to its use. Like, There's downsides with these other marksman rifles still. Like, oh, what if I don't want to charge it up? What if I can't carry enough triple-take ammo to get the most out of it? G7 is so straightforward, so great to use. And like all single fire weapons is so beneficial. You don't have to carry 240 bullets to be able to kind of use this gun for the majority of the game and one stack replenishes punishes you pretty well. And while it's not like an extreme of like, you know, a sniper or a wingman or something, I guess a wingman is technically a sniper now, which is going to change that sentence yeah. right there because <laughs> it still fires really fast it's not as extreme as a full auto gun so it's beneficial from a loot perspective it's beneficial from an RNG perspective with the light mag so many great numbers and data behind it it's such a good weapon and uh, is one that I think everybody should be fitting into their regular rotation right now uh, without a doubt
1: I think a lot of people may make the assumption that Triple Take has a hop up built in, precision choke. That's got to be something. The thirty thirty has the dual shell built in. The G seven, on the other hand, requires more attachments. You know, you have to get a stock, you have to get a barrel, you have to get double tap, you have to get a Mm -hmm. mag. It has more slots, but that's just not the case. You you can be really really successful with the G seven without all those shiny things. But once you do, the ceiling is just so much higher than the other Marks ones. So although that might be a potential negative, it just isn't because the base stats are more powerful than the other Marks ones.
0: It's, it's a pretty dang good weapon overall. Man, it's been a while since we got to do a G7 episode. Hopefully that uh, scratched the itch for a little bit. We'll be back with talking G7 in two weeks probably. Uh, but yeah, thank you to so everyone for listening. Thank you to our Bruce of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, give us a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe
1: tomorrow.